Alright friends, we are in the midweeks and we have transitioned from 1 Kings to 2 Kings. These are a united story for sure, but hey, we're in the second half of the race. I'm not sure exactly which one is longer, first or second, but we're going to plow through the whole thing. So without further ado, let's get into it and see some of the themes that are going to be running through this section of the book. First one. After the death of Ahab, Moab rebelled against Israel. This is an interesting verse to start off our story with. Um, We're given this info that Moab rebels against Israel when Ahab dies. So the first book ends with the death of Ahab. And Azariah, or I think it was that uh, Ahaziah taking over for him. Ahaziah, that's right. And then we're told about this Moabic rebellion. But that fact isn't picked up until chapter 3. We're told that there's this rebellion, and now we're going to actually conclude the ministry of Elijah. And then the story in chapter 3 is going to pick up again with this event of Moab rebelling against Israel. And Elisha is going to be the one um, interceding in these events. And so I think it's just interesting. I always try to note these things. So when we hear about the end of Elijah's reign as a prophet. Uh, It's in the context of this rebellion coming from Moab against Israel. And so what that makes me think of is two things. Number one, this is a season of transitions. Ahab is transitioning to Ahaziah. And in the midst of that transition, there's um, upheaval so that Moab is able to rebel against Israel. But it's also introduces to us this theme of rebellion because when we meet uh, Elijah here in this chapter we're going to be seeing Elijah dealing with a rebellious king and so we get this theme of transition and we get this theme of rebellion going on and we're going to see this picked up with the story of Elijah and the first story we're going to read is Elijah calling down fire from heaven on soldiers and in the next chapter we're going to see Elijah go up to heaven in the chariot of fire. So you can even even see there's a bit of a fire theme going on here, which should remind us of when Elijah called down fire from heaven with the prophets of Baal a few chapters ago when he was uh, going to war against them during Ahab's reign. So Elijah is kind of a prophet of fire. And when Elisha comes on the scene, he's going to have a little bit more of a theme of water coming on. Very likely fire symbolizing wrath and water symbolizing um, life and mercy. Uh, But, you know, that's not a hard and fast rule. And I would invite you to read through the book and look just for the themes of fire and the themes of water throughout the book of Kings. Anyhow, so there's this rebellion coming with Ahab uh, dying. And we're going to see how Ahab's son Ahaziah is doing. Verse 2, now Ahaziah fell through the lattice in his upper chamber in Samaria and lay sick, and he sent messengers telling them, go inquire of Baal-zebub, the god of Ekron, whether I shall recover from this sickness. Now it's interesting to me that um, there's a lot of directionality in this chapter, so the, the situation starts with Ahaziah falling out of an upper chamber, and when soldiers go to meet Elijah in a second he's going to call down fire from an upper chamber on some soldiers so there is this up and down motion in this story verse 3 but the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite arise go up to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria and say to them is it because there is no God in Israel that you're going to inquire of Beelzebub the god of Ekram 
Now, therefore, thus says the Lord, you shall not come down from the bed to which you've gone up, but you shall surely die, says so Elijah went. And again, I see a bit of a theme, an echo here. Remember, uh, we were just had Ahab's mention, na- named mentioned, and there was a time when God sent Elijah to go and speak to um, Ahab, right? And Elijah runs into one of Ahab's servants along the way, talking to the king. So you have this theme of like, this king is looking for answers, and Elijah shows up to give a, uh, an answer to the king. Now, the difference is that Ahab was looking for Elijah because of the trouble, but uh, Ahaziah has, is so farther away than Ahab that he even wants to just go and consult a demon god from the Philistines. Verse 5, the messengers returned to the king, and he said to them, Why have you returned? And they said to him, There came a man to meet us and said to us, Go back to the king who sent you and say to him, Thus says the Lord, Is it because there is no God in Israel that you are sending to inquire of Baal Zebub, the god of Ekron? Therefore you shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you will surely die. And he said to them, What kind of man was he who came to meet you and told you these things? And they answered him, He wore a garment of hair and a belt of leather round his waist. And he said, It is Elijah the Tishbite. So you have this moment here. Now one of the great themes of scripture is this. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And you might remember with Ahab when God spoke a judgment on Ahab because of not killing that foreign king. Ahab humbled himself. And so God said, you know, there's going to be destruction on Israel, but it's not going to happen in Ahab's lifetime. And so there was even um, a little bit of grace came Ahab's way because he humbled himself. And so when we have this moment here of, of a rebuke going to a king and then from Elijah, there's this question, is he going to humble himself? Or is God going to oppose him because of his pride? And it looks like a full-fledged pride response. Now, Ahaziah is sick in bed, but look what he does. He sends soldiers to try to compel Elijah to come and speak to him. Even though Elijah's proven he doesn't even need to talk to the king to give him a message, uh, God can give Elijah a message and the message can get to the king. But the king wants to compel and control Elijah here, probably thinking, you know, I'm going to make you come here and you're going to bless me, which should remind us of when Ahab was mad that Elijah had closed up the rain from heaven. Now here's another king who's going to make Elijah come down and change this prophecy of death into a prophecy of something else, most likely. Verse 9, Then the king sent to him a captain of fifty men with his fifty. And he went up to Elijah, who was sitting on top of the hill, and said to him, O man of God, the king says, Come down. But Elijah answered the captain of fifty, If I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your fifty. And the fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. So again, I'm just having all these like memories trigger here. Uh, remember when Elijah was meeting Ahab, he met that servant. Was it Obed? Uh, I, I feel like I've forgotten. But he had hidden the prophets in caves in, in the number of 50 men in each cave. So you have, again, this number 50 crop up again. And so we're meant to be comparing and contrasting here. And whereas in the first story there were 50 prophets of the Lord saved, now here are 50 soldiers of Samaria burned up with the fire that just went on an offering last time. But... Elijah judges people by their own words. They call him a man of God, and if they believe he's a man of God, they should be treating him with the respect that they want to honor God with. So Elijah says, well, if I'm really a man of God, let fire come down and consume you for your rudeness. And the fire does come down because Elijah is a man of God, and they really have disrespected the Lord by disrespecting Elijah, who's a proven prophet. 
by this time. He's not just some like guy out there saying he's something. He is a well-established miracle-working prophet by this stage and ought to be treated with reverence. Verse 11, again, the king sent to him another captain of 50 with men with his 50. And he answered and said to him, O man of God, this is the king's order. Come down quickly. So you can see there's this like intensification of, of pride. It's now he's saying, now the king, don't you know the king's telling you come down quickly? There's an intensification of demand and command. But Elijah answered him, if I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50. Then the fire of God came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50. So that same thing, he's being judged according to his word. If he had been humble, he would have found grace. If he's proud, God is going to oppose him. This is this rule. God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. And again, the king sent the captain of a third 50 with his 50. And the third captain of 50 went up and came and fell on his knees before Elijah and entreated him. Okay, so who's being humble here? O man of God, please let my life and the life of your 50 servants, these 50 servants of yours, be precious in your sight. Behold, fire came down from heaven and consumed the two former captives of 50 men with their 50s. But now let my life be precious in your sight. So he's come with real humility and the prophet and the God of the prophet have mercy on him because of this. Then the angel of the Lord said to Elijah, go down with him. Do not let, do not be afraid of him. So he rose and went down with him to the king and said to him, Thus says the Lord, because you have sent messengers to inquire of Baal-zebub, the god of Ekron, it is, is it because there is no god in Israel to inquire of his word? Therefore you shall not come uh, down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. Um, so the word of the Lord comes true. And if you remember, remember there was that judgment saying like God's going to judge Samaria. That was It's hanging over Samaria because of Ahab's sins. And Ahab didn't have the calamity in his generation because of his humility. But that word of God about calamity is just hovering over history right now. And with a king like Ahaziah, you're just thinking, yeah, you know what? He really deserves it. And this is insight into how God works when he says, I'm going to delay excuse me, this judgment for now, you might think, oh, this is really going to be unfair to who the judgment falls on. But you can see that the next king after Ahab is even more proud than Ahab was. More proud in talking to uh, the the prophet, more proud in seeking like foreign gods and foreign lands for, for help. And it, it sounds like if God is saying, hey, if you had come to me, in humility, I could have helped you, but because you chose to go somewhere else, you're not going to get any help. And so, um, yeah, this is how God works. He says bad stuff's going to happen in the future, but the future people are going to really deserve it. Verse 17 and 18. This is a short chapter. So he died according to the word of the Lord that Elijah had spoken, and Jehoram became king in his place in the second year of Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, because Ahaziah had no son. Now the rest of the acts of Ahaziah that he did, are they not written in the books of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? So it looks like Jehoram was probably uh, a brother. And so... And so you, well, it looks like you have a second here where both kings are named the same thing. How confusing. Sometimes things are just because real life is confusing. Sometimes, sometimes the Bible can be confusing too. Anyhow... So Ahaziah, the, the follower of Ahab, is known just for his klutziness, his pagan 
worship and for God letting uh, the due course of an injury take place and for the pride of the king being punished quickly with fire from heaven. And that's chapter one. And so it's not like an encouraging one, um, but it is a sign that God really, really, really is control. As time goes on, God exerts his sovereignty over the kings of Israel more and more and more through his prophets and through his rule over uh, kings. And as time goes on, he's going to even rule over Israel through foreign kings. But that, 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 uh, way the world works that god opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble is also going to be seen when we have humble god-believing kings who humble themselves and get grace from the lord and amen